everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and we have another very special end-of-the-year episode for you guys. Uh, this one is in regards to music, so uh, I'm very excited to do this episode. Uh, I have not done a music episode before in the past, but every single year, uh, my brother and I, we uh, are kind of my, both of my brothers, I'd say, we, uh, we come up with our top albums of the year, albums that came out in that year, uh, which is unfortunate because some years uh, there are certain albums that didn't come out that year that we end up finding that we really like. But each year we create a collage of all of those albums uh, using uh, Microsoft Paint. And the way the format of Microsoft Paint works in stacking these albums, uh, which you can find, I usually post one on Twitter, I don't know if I will this year, but um, the way that it works stacked um, is 18 albums. So uh, that's the list that I have for you guys today. So we got a top 10 uh, and then eight honorable mentions, just the way that it goes on here. And so, um, you know, this is just like with movies and television. Uh, This is a year long struggle for me as I try to think of, oh, did I like this album more than this one? Or, you know, what are what is the criteria for liking one album more than another? Is it the beats? Is it the lyrics? Is it how many songs I keep? Because uh, I use Apple Music. And I download all of these albums, and then I delete all the songs that I don't like. Uh, so by the end of the year, I can say, okay, you know, this album's got three songs in it, you know, out of how many versus some other album that maybe I loved the whole thing. So there's a lot of factors that go into this. Uh, replay value, obviously, of how often I listen to these songs. Uh, the memories that I have associated with them, too. Uh, music is a huge part of my life. Uh, So I'm constantly listening to music whenever I can, thus uh, trying to attach songs to memories. uh, So that way I can listen to the music later and then, you know, remember those moments. So I'm sure we all do that. Um, But uh, so we've got 18. So I'm going to dive into them. Uh, I'm curious to see how long this episode goes. Uh, I'm not I am in no means a music whiz when it comes to being able to analyze and critique music. Uh, I'll do my best, uh, but this is this is really a passion project of mine. Again, I, I just I'm I've always been obsessed with music, all kinds of music. So you'll notice uh, from my lists, uh, there's always a variety. Uh, and the first thing that I want to talk about before we even get into this list is what could possibly have been one of my favorite albums of the year, but it did not come out this year. And that is an album called Nakamura by Aya Nakamura who is a French musician, uh, found her through Fortnite, actually. There was a uh, there was an in-game concert with her music. And uh, just because I'm trying to get the XP, I'm playing it, and the, the songs, I was like, oh, wow, this is actually really, it was really unique. It's like a, a really cool blend of uh, hip-hop, but then also it felt very like a French fusion uh, dance music as well. Uh, and you'll see that's that's kind of right up my alley. So this this album essentially hit all of the the sweet spots that I like when it comes to music. Um, again, it's on iTunes and uh, it's on Spotify. Came out in 2019, and uh, I don't. There's not a single song on the CD that I ever skip. I, I listen to the whole thing. Uh, it's got 15 songs on the special edition. I'd say some of the highlights, my favorite songs. My number one favorite song is probably uh, track 13, Ula. Uh, just I don't know what it is that song hits me and I'm, I love it, uh, but also La Dot, Jaja, Copines. I mean I'm just listing them all at this point. But Sifatimal, and uh, also uh, Gang featuring Devito is also a great one too. Um, Soldat is great too. 
again, all of them are great. And so I usually listen to this album when I'm playing Fortnite or uh, if I'm just looking for a good time because, again, it's uh, it's got, a, it's got kind of a, a beach vibe to it. It feels like the sort of song or album that you would hear going to some resort, probably in France, uh, on the beach and just having a really good time. So I had to have that included in here because, uh, again, most of my Spotify and Apple playlist year ends uh, clocked this as one of my top albums, but again, did not come out this year. Uh, so let's start with number 18, uh, and that is the Black Panther Wakanda Forever score by Ludwig Göransson. So I typically don't put scores in my lists unless they're awesome, unless they're ones that I listen to all the time. If I could, I would, but usually, uh, usually there's enough albums in the year to cover all 18 spots. Uh, and this year, last year too, there were a few. I think I had Eternals and Black Widow on there. Um, there's just certain, you know, Ra- Rajman, Dwoudi, and uh, Lauren Balf on those two were phenomenal. And Ludwig, he comes through again. I mean, this was just such a powerful soundtrack. Uh, and, and what I loved about it too is that it included a lot of the songs from the, um, the music inspired by soundtrack. Uh, so you've got things on here like Arboles Bajo El Mar and Con La Brisa as well. Uh, but then you get great songs like uh, you know you know what you whisper sirens uh, Nayana Wam and then also uh, I loved um, I mean oh man so many of these Imperius Rex Ebon Bay Sink the Ship uh, just again you know it, you relive those moments through the movie those really powerful moments uh, but it's also just a great album to kind of have on the background it's very calming uh, but it also has a lot of really good action beats to it too so I have one more soundtrack or score on here that'll come up in a couple uh, but we're going to dive into the next one which is a more recent album that came out towards the end of the year Her Loss by Drake and 21 Savage. So um, this was an album that, you know, I slowly dwindled down the songs to. I'm, my brother is a huge Drake fan. uh, And this was a golden year for him because he loved the uh, album. um, What was the name of it? Uh, Honestly, never mind. I'm not going to talk about it, but no, I'm kidding. That's the name of the album. Uh, and, And he really liked it. I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of this album, but the more that I listened to it, um, there were some great songs on here that I really liked. Major Distribution, Spin Bout You, Circle Loco, uh, Middle of the Ocean was probably my favorite song on here. Uh, and that's just because uh, there's some great sushi and hibachi lines in there. And <laughs> I love eating sushi and hibachi. But uh, I am I actually am kind of a 21 Savage fan. Uh, I like him on a lot of features. Uh, I liked him on some, there's some older albums from a couple years ago that he was really good on. Um but recently he, you know, I think he got deported and it's been a while since he's made any music. So it was nice to hear him again. I was kind of surprised to see him teaming up with Drake, uh, but it was nice. And again, I thought these were some really great beats. It's a really fun album to listen to. And um, yeah, like I said, though, you know, towards the end of my list, just because a lot of the songs on the album I didn't care for. All right. Right next up after that is, uh, and again, you're going to see a lot of genre shifts here. So we've gone from score to uh, hip-hop and now we're going to uh kind of alt rock with uh, unlimited love by red hot chili peppers uh this was another really fun album a surprise album honestly i was not expecting them to release one let alone two albums this year uh i wasn't as big a fan of the second album there was a couple of good songs on it but this first album i really liked uh, my wife loved this album uh, she actually went and saw the red hot chili peppers uh, in concert uh, a couple months ago, and so they played a lot of these hits. 
Um, the ones I saved from my list, and so I'll just read them off because there's not many, but Black Summer, which was awesome. That that was kind of a, a summer jam for us. Here Ever After as well, The Great Apes, What You Thinking, and uh, One Way Traffic uh, were all the ones that I kind of saved. I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. My wife's the one who turned me on to them, and you know I had, I had heard of them every once in a while. Um, I could never say, oh, that's a Red Hot Chili Peppers song, but I knew a lot of them, like from their older albums from Danny California, or I guess that one's Stadium Arcadium, um, but songs like that, uh, and then recently, obviously really got into them, there's a lot of songs that I like, and they just have this really cool vibe about them, very uh, bohemian, and just kind of, you know, singing and, and dancing about as they will, you got Flea on the band, you got the guy who looks exactly like uh, Will Ferrell, uh, so there's just there's a lot of really cool things about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But yeah, so th there they are in the list right there. Uh, so that's number uh, 16. Number 15 is going to be the, and again, these are all honorable mentions technically, um, unless you want to call them tops. But this is uh, the first K-pop album of the list, which is a album called Checkmate by Itzy, uh, I-T-Z-Y. Uh, I love K-pop and uh, really grew to love it uh, starting probably around it was like 2017, I think. Uh, and I've been obsessed with it ever since. There's just something so uh, exciting about the songs. I don't even know how, I don't know what it is about them. It's like the, the beats are always really good, uh, very dancey. I love dancing, so they're, they're great to dance to. Um, the gals who sing are all their voices are just always so great. Uh, I love a lot of the boy bands too. Um, obviously like BTS, but I'm more of a, a girl band group, uh, guy groupie, I guess you could say. I don't, I, I love the fact that they have like groups of nine of them that are just all singing and they all get different parts to sing. And, um, again, the, the, the mix between kind of Korean and English is also really fun. I've slowly started learning a little bit of Korean as I listen to these songs. I don't, certainly wouldn't be able to survive, but um, I don't know. There's just something that brings me back to when I was a kid. I, I've always been obsessed with pop music uh, ever since I was little, and uh, this stuff just brings me kind of back to those moments. So top songs from there. This is probably one of my top listened to songs of the year, actually. Uh, and again, this one, uh, the, the problem with these K-pop albums is that they're usually mini albums. So it's hard to rank them higher on the list because like this one, for example, um, is like is, uh, is six songs. So it's like, oh, I loved almost all of these songs, but I just don't feel it justified going higher um, for that reason because some of these songs I'll skip. But this song for if you're looking for, you know, hey, let's make a little list out of this podcast of music to listen to free fall by itsy is amazing whether you're a fan of fortnite or not uh, i like it because it reminds me of fortnite since the whole thing's about uh taking a jump and free falling uh and the music kind of follows that it feels like you're taking a jump a base jump out of an airplane uh and who doesn't like that is the ultimate pump up music and there's also a really good song on here called racer that is uh basically the same thing except they've got some some car sounds it's about going fast and, uh, you know, not being able to have other people catch up to you sort of thing. You know, I'm the best, um, but it's fun. So, uh, again, I would highly recommend those two songs from that album. Next up is our next score. So the, the second and final score, which is the Miss Marvel score from Laura Cartman. 
uh, who did, uh, it actually comes out as two separate albums on iTunes, and I'm going to throw in the Miss Marvel soundtrack in here too because that was what I was obsessed with this year. Uh, more so than almost anything, I would say. Some of my top list and songs were from the Miss Marvel soundtrack, P.J. Hutt, uh, Come Around, Goddess, uh, uh, For Aisha, Terabina, those ones were just so good. But the Miss Marvel sound, the score is also awesome. There's so much uniqueness to it. There are songs that have that sort of Pakistani, South Asian flair to it with the way the music is crafted, the certain instruments that are used. But then there's also a lot of like, um, it's called like futuristic sounds as well. Um, great mix between all of that and uh, really transports you into the show. Uh, one, honestly, in my opinion, one of the best things about that show was the score and the music. Uh, and so just you know, completely on display here if you're looking for it. And like I said, this was really tough this year because I really loved the Doctor Strange score as well. Uh, I enjoyed the Moon Knight score. It didn't really stick with me, but I liked it. I loved the Werewolf by Night score as well. Um, and some of those I'm actually, I'll be getting on vinyl once they uh, they ship in the new year. But, uh, but yeah, I, I wanted to put those two on there as call-outs. So next up, we've got, I think this is number 13. Uh, which is Hold the Girl by Rina Sawayama. Uh, she was my number one album of 2020, her debut album, Rina Sawayama, or called Sawayama. It's kind of like Nakayama as well, but um, her second album uh, is really good. Uh, and I wanted my, my whole goal this year with the albums that I really liked, and, and I certainly wouldn't recommend this to everybody because, you know, we all have our ways of listening to music. Obviously, I use Apple Music, I use Spotify sometimes, but I, there's nothing that can replace having a CD in your car. And uh, that's just, that's a, a thing that I like, and I know it costs extra, but when these albums are this good, I always try to snag a CD from the store. And I couldn't find Rena's at the time, um, but I follow her on Twitter, and so she had had a pre-order way prior to when the album came out. And so I wanted a CD, and the only way you could get the CD is if you did a pre-order bundle. And so I ended up getting, I got the vinyl, the CD, and it came with a, uh, a cassette tape. Uh, and they were signed, which was really cool. Um, was this album as good as her first album? No. Uh, but was it close? I would say absolutely. I really enjoyed this one throughout the year. Uh, it came out in September, so you know, I only had a couple months to listen to it. But obviously the title track, Hold the Girl, is awesome. This Hell is also a really great song. Um, a lot of her music uh, kind of talks about pieces and bits of not just her struggle, through uh she's just such a fascinating person because she's um if i'm remembering right she was born in japan she's japanese but she lived and was raised in england in, in great britain and so she has been struggling uh throughout her life not just with, kind of with all different pieces of her identity because she's also uh, i believe she's uh, she's gay as well and so she's always talking about that sort of stuff and, you know, the struggles that she's been through trying to support others and the struggles that they've been through. So in my eyes, she's just such a great role model uh, for someone who, and in this case, kind of was fighting the power uh, of Great Britain because she was not getting included in certain awards because they're for people who had to have been born. I, I, did, I only remember reading an article a while back, but I just remember they changed it because of her because there's, you know, like it's like I'm a citizen, I'm here, I'm making music in the UK. Uh, and it's just because of, you know, the way that I look that you're treating me this way. Uh, so it was really cool to follow her and see her stand up for what she believes in. 
to stand up for who she is. Uh, and this album feels like a sort of crescendo to that. So a lot of these songs are about um, like this, this hell is about everyone treating her differently because she's gay, saying that she's going to go to hell. But the whole chorus of the song is this hell is better with you and talking about, you know, hey, you know, if we're going to go to hell, let's have a good time doing it. And so just really embracing that side of knowing that these people are wrong, but uh, like, you know what, I'm not going to bother with it. I'm just going to embrace who I am and move on. So those songs were great. Catch Me in the Air was awesome. Holy Till You Let Me Go. Uh, Hurricanes was another really great one. And uh, To Be Alive, those are the ones that I had listed on here. So Rina Sawayama, definitely check it out. Really weird uh, album cover for the second album. She's uh, very round in this. But um, I, you know, you'll appreciate it. I think, I think for those of you that are fans of that sort of, uh, it's like a mix between pop and alternative, uh, that's going to be a good one for you. So next up uh, is, this will be number 12, I believe. This is another one of my favorite artists. Uh, put out a fantastic album this year, Pep. P.E.P. by Lights. Uh, for any of you who are fans of Lights, she came out with just an amazing album. Uh, really uh, unique. And in my eyes, just so... Guys, you, you know this already. I'm a sucker for color. And her album is probably the most colorful album of the year. I'm looking at the little collage I made, and it certainly is. She's It's a mix of red and yellow and blue. And she just has such a... She's a lot like... I would say Rena's a lot like Lights because Lights has been doing this longer. But they both have this way of... The, their lyrics are so sharp and so good for what they're doing, right? You wouldn't expect for a pop album to be as intricate as these are. But um, there's just so many great songs on here. This was uh, came out in the summer, so this was a summer jam. My favorite song from this album, my top listen to, was Jaws which is a great song, female empowerment, about, um, you know, just kind of, it's called, you know, oh, she's got jaws, she's got claws. Um, she, wow, man, it's just a great song. Uh, and a ton of other good ones on here too. Prodigal Daughter, Salt and Vinegar, Money in the Bag, Rent, Real Thing, Easy Money, Voices Carry. Uh, like I said, this is where we're starting to get into a lot more songs kept on these albums. Um, but this was a really fun one. Like I said, I've, I've, grown to love lights over the years everything she puts out i enjoy and this one was no different uh next up on this list is a newer newcomer um lisa my wife turned me on to this gentleman uh back when his other album came out but this is charlie by charlie puth uh who this album i really liked i didn't think i would because he leans into that pop category that i'm not as big a fan of of you know just talking about relationships and you know the rhymes are very basic but his composition of these songs is what fascinated me. The, the use of sound in certain ones, such as like Light Switch and um, was it Left and Right was a big one too, and Smells Like Me. Uh, wow, just, just great. And, you know, she always would tell me little stories about him and his creative uh, endeavors. So uh, I know a little bit more about him and I appreciate him more. I saved on here, That's Hilarious. Charlie Be Quiet, Light Switch, There's a First Time for Everything, Smells Like Me, Left and Right, Marks on My Neck, and No More Drama. So um, check that out if you're a fan of Popper, if you are a fan of Charlie and you haven't yet. Uh, okay, so as the collage stands, we are now moving into the second tier, which is six albums uh, before we basically we're getting into the top. This is the top 10, right? Yeah, so this is our top 10 albums of 2022. 
Number 10 is uh, a really exciting debut album from one of the stars of my favorite K-pop band, Twice, uh, and that is Neon, who, uh, the, and the album is titled I'm Neon, because this is her breakout album, uh, first mini album. I include these, I include Twice on the bigger list, because again, I get obsessed with these albums. I played this nonstop throughout the summer, uh, listened to it while I was traveling. Neon, uh, this album... She's one of the standouts in my eyes from Twice. That's a group of nine uh, girls that sing it, and uh, she is probably one of my favorites of the group. So when I heard that she was going to be doing a solo album, I got really excited just because it was like, hey, you know, basically more Twice, and uh, and was not disappointed. It is a bubblegum pop album uh, to the T. So you know, perfect to listen to during the summer, perfect for just going on walks and trying to get yourself pumped up. Uh, every single song on here is a banger, so I kept all of them. There's seven songs. Uh, the the big ones are Pop and No Problem, featuring Felix, but Love Countdown, Candy Floss, All or Nothing, Happy Birthday. There's a Happy Birthday song on here. So if you're if you got if you're in a time in your life where no one's wishing you Happy Birthday, play that song, and and you can have a a, a K-pop sensation sing you Happy Birthday and Sunset. So um, really loved this album. Uh, and again, I, I'm still constantly listening to it. These top tens are ones where I'm I'm always listening to these albums. So number nine, moving from K-pop to back to hip hop, we've got Twelve Carat Toothache by Post Malone. Posty is one of the newer hip hop guys that I uh, just love. He I, I've I didn't really enjoy his first album. There are some great songs on it, obviously. Uh, and, uh, the second album though is where it hit me is probably still my favorite album is his second album, but his third album was great. And this fourth album was really great too. There's some songs that I skipped. There's some pieces of it that made me wonder if he knew what he was doing. There were some pieces of it that made me wonder if he was okay. There's a lot of, um, metaphors in here. There's a lot of symbolism around self-harm and around, um, kind of around suicide, and just also around, and this is something I think Post Malone has been exploring throughout most of his albums, but no more so than here, uh, just the results of fame, and how that is affecting his mental health, and it clearly seems like it is, uh, and it's one of those things where when you're listening, you're like, man, I just, you know, I'd love to just sit down with this guy and have a drink, and, and try and make him feel better, because, you know, obviously he's pouring his heart into these songs, but um, you know, he's got, you know, great ones on here. Like I said, there's a, there's a few that I didn't like, uh, ones that I actively just deleted out of here, but wrapped around your finger was amazing. I like you a happier song. I cannot be a sadder song, uh, insane love, hate letter to alcohol, wasting angels, euthanasia when I'm alone and one right now, euthanasia was the song that, um, kind of made me fall in love with this album and so you know not to not to be melancholy or morose about it but i i like when artists can be this vulnerable especially hip-hop artists because uh their whole persona is being tough and being the best and it's all about that one-upping one another uh, and that's just the, you know that's the rules of the game when you're in hip-hop and so for people to get vulnerable and share who they are share what they're struggling with is always a plus in my book and euthanasia was uh, a terribly depressing song but it was just so powerful because you can feel the way he sings it you can feel what he's going through and again he's still around obviously he hasn't uh uh, done anything that we know of to himself but the way that he sings this song the lyrics around him basically just like humming he keeps saying euthanasia 
Uh, and at the very end of it, you know, there's a, there's a long silence and he says, euthanasia, they say it's painless. And that's kind of how the song ends with this allusion to him getting euthanized or just talking about it. And again, it's so weird to, to say, but like, it really moved me listening to that. I felt really bad for him, but at the same time, I just, emotions, I think need to be embraced good or bad. And these were not good emotions, but at the same time, it, this album really made me feel something. And so I, I, I hats off to him for doing that. Uh, okay. So next up on here is number seven, which is funny because uh, not not uh, a month or two after Neon put out her her new debut album, Twice actually put out an album this year. And the last few Twice mini albums have been good. There's been a couple of really great songs, but then the rest are just you know, at some point you hit that peak where there's certain songs they just it sounds like they're dialing it in, and that's not their fault. That's just the way that they do it. But um, this entire album hit. And I did not expect it to, because uh, like I said, the last few were kind of off, but it's called Between One and Two, uh, and it's a, another mini album, um, and it's the other one that I've got included on here. Like I said, every single song on here, Talk That Talk, Queen of Hearts was amazing, uh, Basics was great, Trouble, Brave had a really great kind of hook, uh, Gone, and then my favorite on here, which was When We Were Kids, uh, and that's another one that really hit me in the feels. You know, half the song you don't understand because it's in Korean, but um, the other piece where they're talking about essentially saying, you know, when we were kids, uh, we were invincible superheroes, right? We, you know, we we did whatever we want. We played out. I don't even, I'm making these pieces up because I think the only English spots in here are saying when we were kids, invincible superheroes. Uh, but so the, the, that's why I love K-pop is because a lot of it is self-interpretation for me. Uh, it's And it's a weird because I could look up the lyrics and I do on certain songs that I'm really obsessed with because I want to make sure I'm saying the words right. Um, but then once I hear what the actual lyrics mean, sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, the, the mystique drops. And so a lot of these K-pop songs, I don't I don't like looking up what the actual lyrics are, what they mean, because I've already assigned some meaning to myself. And to me, I think music, just like so much other art, is uh, is so personal. And so I think any way you interpret this music, any of these albums, is completely up to you. That's the best part about art is you get to assign meaning to it. And so when I hear these songs and I this meaning almost magically gets assigned to it based on the the way the lyrics are said, the way the music is going. And so that song just somehow reminded me of when I was a kid and growing up and just flashes of memories. And so um, I loved it. And again, the whole rest of it is just great when you're looking for a, another perfect summer album, really, uh, honestly. So um, really enjoyed that. Uh, next up is our most recent album on the list. This album came out a few weeks ago. Uh, we are now at number, number seven, which is SOS by SZA. Holy cow, guys. We are getting into some of these. So now we're, we're in the, the cusp of these are all full-length albums. Uh, and we're getting to a point where Scissors, there's there's some that I removed, but for the most part, I kept quite a few. I'll be honest, that album of hers was long, uh, which is not a bad thing. But at the same time, you better have something to say when you have that many songs. And I was able to dwindle it down to 12 songs uh, still at 36 minutes. And that's still with quite a few of them being removed. I loved this album. Um, listened to it on our last trip that we took to Texas for a wedding uh, and it's just, it's the perfect chill album for this time of the year, 
for ref- it's a perfect album for reflection too. SZA gets really deep into herself uh, in dealing with her past relationships and dealing with you know exes is a really big topic on here. And so you could probably say too, like, dang, she's you know, is she going to get over all of this because she didn't seem as as heartbroken in her first album? But again, you're experiencing an artist's creative process, and so if this is what she's going through right now, this is what you get to listen to, and uh, I'm fine with listening to this. So. I'll list off all of the songs, but the really big ones that um, stood out to me, obviously, I Hate You and Good Days, those were singles that dropped prior, and I still really like those songs, but Snooze, F2F, and I think it's Conceited, uh, all three of those, I, I feel like I'm humming in my head all the time, but I kept Kill Bill, Blind, Used, Snooze, Notice Me, Ghost in the Machine, F2F, Conceited, Special, too late. I hate you and good days. Uh, and again, this is one I've just, I keep putting it on. I I put it on the other day when I was grocery shopping. Um, and that album cover of her just sitting out in the abyss of the ocean is, is gorgeous. And it, it sits really nice next to this next album, which is Black Panther, Wakanda forever music from and inspired by the film. Uh, I was not expecting to have this album so high, but I should have expected it with not just the quality of, of, uh, these albums that, Marvel in general puts out, but because I put Shang Chi so high last year, and it was the same. This is the same type of album, where it's a blend of all different artists from all different backgrounds, and some of these songs are hip hop, some of these songs are R and B, some of them are folk, uh, and and there's a an even mix between African influenced music for Wakanda. And um, Yucatecan, or I guess you could say, kind of you know, south of the border type music for uh, for the um, what are they, the Atlant- not the Atlanteans, the uh, gosh, the Talocan, the Teloconeal. Uh, hopefully, not forgetting that movie. But um, I loved almost every single song on here. There's a couple that I'd skip. Surprisingly, uh, "Lift Me Up" by Rihanna is one that I skip just because that that song plays so well in the movie. But by itself, I just can't listen to it because it's so sad. Uh, but I've got Love and Loyalty, Alone, Arboles, Bajo El Mar, Con La Brisa, La Vida with freaking E-40. Uh, and so, no, the product is f- incredible on that song. Um, that one in Con La Brisa, which is uh, Fodakesh and Ludwig Göransson, those are probably my two favorite on here. Uh, third being that uh, Arboles, Bajo El Mar. Coming Back for You, um, Lailio Kupi. Kangno, oh man, I'm gonna butcher that one, but that song is great. That's the, uh, I think that's the one where they say Talan Apach, big attack. Oh, just so good. Anya Mumiri, uh, Wake Up, Pantera, Jele, and No Digas Mi Nombre, which was also good because Fotokesh is in that one as well. Uh, this, I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps all over my body just thinking about this album which makes me, I'm, I know that I put it in the right spot. I was listening to this one time when I was in uh, the bookstore walking around and just got instant memories from that. Prepped myself watching this or listening to it before watching Black Panther, so I got to kind of embrace all of those songs as they came through the movie. But again, it's just one of those really special albums, uh, compilation albums, you could say, where everyone's firing on all cylinders we're saying let's be as creative as possible let's put these songs out there it doesn't matter if one one song is all just with a with a string guitar and it's all in spanish and uh and it's awesome and then there's other songs where there's you know gorgeous drums and oh just that con la brisa too is gives me chills every time i listen to it 
incredible album for something that's just based from a movie. I mean, like I said, Marvel takes those to the next level. Okay. Oh, guys. Okay. We are at our top five. These are my top five albums for the year. These are the albums that stood and stuck with me the most um, throughout the year, the most re-listened to. I think every single one of these albums, I've kept all of their songs uh, except one on the top album, and we will talk about that. But um, number five, It's Almost Dry by Pusha T. This is another hip-hop album. I'm not a huge Pusha T fan, and after listening to this album, and I had listened to a few of his priors, didn't like them, and uh, was like, oh, I need to go back and give those albums a second try. And I did, and I still wasn't a huge fan of them. So something about this album has me hooked. It's a you think about it compared to like uh, you know SZA's very long album or some of Drake's. Uh, this album is only twelve songs, twenty thirty six minutes. Um, but holy cow, each one of these, and it's funny too because it's all about uh, <laughs> dealing drugs. I think it's all about you know making. Uh, I think it's making coke in most of this stuff. So, you know, I guess put a little bit of an alert there. Obviously, some of these songs are parental advisory for any children listening. But wow. I mean, out of the gate, Brambleton is an absolute hit. Uh, I love that song. The beats, the the lyrics. And again, it was just, I, I thought it was impressive. Uh, agree or disagree. Uh, and I would I would not advise anyone to do drugs. But if you can craft an entire song or an entire album around this specific process, uh, I, that's pretty cool, honestly. Like, again, I don't think I've ever seen this before. But you got so many great songs on here. Dreaming of the Past was great. Neck and Wrist. Uh, Diet Coke, Just So You Remember. Rock and Roll. Call My Bluff is great. Uh, all of them. So this was one, again, I just had this on repeat, which was very easy because it's so short. Um, and it doesn't break into the, the next four albums only because there's there's a uniqueness that's almost missing from this. There's something very special about this album, but it's just it's almost like a hey, you're looking for a good hip hop album? Here you go. This is a really great hip hop album. Um, there's nothing no no real surprises to it. The biggest thing for me, uh, I know my family's really big on this. There's a lot of Joker energy in this uh, in this album. There's a lot of songs where he's giggling like the Joker, or he mentions the Joker, uh, which is awesome. And uh, you know, just the <laughs> oh, just was great. Um, so we're now at the top section of the collage. These are the top four albums, and number four. And again, this was really tough for me to to kind of categorize these but we're gonna see if i can pull this off number four is renaissance by beyonce wow uh huge beyonce fan recently bigger beyonce fan i liked some of her older stuff and then there was a a period where i wasn't as big of a fan of her and then after her black is king uh special on disney plus that soundtrack which i think was part of lion king but um was phenomenal and so i started seeing that she's turning into it's not how how is it even possible that she's becoming even bigger than she was before she's just because she's she has transcended being an icon and it's almost to the point now where anything she touches turns to gold because she has embraced this creative side to her where she, it clearly seems like she's not afraid to try something new she's not afraid to get out of her comfort zone and this album it's listed as pop but this felt like a dance album the whole album was a dance album every single song has its own beat and groove uh, and it's funny you know we get we're going to get to this point where i'm calling out songs from those prior albums here it's a lot harder because most of the time i listen to these just as full albums and i just press play and sing along to all of them but 
You got Alien Superstar, Cuff It, Break My Soul, Church Girl is great, uh, Move, Heated, Thick is great, All Up In Your Mind, Pure Honey. Uh, there's just, this is the kind of album you put on at the club and everyone dances to. And again, some people may say, oh, you will. What about Drake's album? Beyonce's album is so much more fun than Drake's album. There's just a playfulness to it and also an assuredness in how confident she is in herself, in her, uh, what would we call it, <laughs> her Lady Powers. Uh, there's a really great song called Lady Powers. Uh, that It's not on this album. It's from a different artist. But um, she really embraces her Lady Powers. She's, you know, this is, this is a again, another huge, I would say, female empowerment type uh, album. Uh, which I love hearing because uh, it just it's it just makes me happy when I see artists embracing who they are, and to me, I think that is what these top four albums are in my eyes. I mean, some of these other ones too. Right, SZA did a great job with that. Neon did a great job. Rena, Lights, uh, you know, even Pusha T to an extent. But these next four albums, they're all just artists at their peak saying, I'm just going to do me. And if people like this, great. If not, too bad. But I think they're going to like it. And it worked. Beyonce has absolutely worked. This was a, a big one when it came out. Uh, and that was during the summer. And something, again, I listened to a lot while I was driving around. Um, okay, so number three. This one came out a little earlier this year. One of the few on here that I don't have an album for because uh, it doesn't sell any CDs of it. Uh, but it is Bronco by Orville Peck. Uh, this is a country album and uh, probably one of my favorite country albums of all time. If the album cover doesn't sway you, which is Mr. Orville himself, who I did do some research on and found out who he actually is. I will not reveal it on this podcast, but um, he is in full gold garb with his infamous hat and mask that covers his entire face. No one knows who he looks like. Again, I do. But uh, he's just a really cool guy, and uh, he has fully embraced uh being a gay cowboy and i love that uh again he's got this giant bronco standing behind him in the back a lot of his songs are talking about you know lost loves but every single one of these songs feels like he captured the essence of a country song and took it into space uh and and you know if you're saying oh, i've never heard of orville peck here's what i would check out daytona sand curse of the black and die uh Probably Bronco. No, Trample Out the Days. Uh, honestly, all of these ones. City of Gold was great. Uh, I love every single song on here. Again, this is this is one of those albums that I can just listen to over and over. It reminds me of Texas. I listened to it when we were in Texas. Um, but it also, again, just reminds me of the country. And he's got this voice that is so, uh, I keep saying unique, but it really is. It's He's able to capture a lot of that 70s country at the same time as kind of pushing the boundary forward. So honestly, Orville, like I said, I don't have your CD, but thank you for putting this album out. I sort of enjoyed your first album, but this one just, just rocketed you into the stratosphere. So congratulations. Um, just again, you're looking for that country vibe. Go to Orville Peck. All right, number two. Uh, we've only got two albums left. How is that possible? Oh, man. And this was not expected. Uh, number two, Midnights by Taylor Swift. Oh, man. Uh, I'm a, I love Taylor Swift. Would, you, would I say I'm a Swifty? Only in the sense that I love her music. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm 
I don't think about Taylor Swift unless I'm listening to her music, uh, to put it that way. But uh, this album was absolute fire. Uh, and this was another album of an artist really embracing what they're going through right now. I will say Taylor Swift has always been very good about just sharing who she is, embracing who she is. Uh, but we get to see, and this is something I, I described to my wife because we were talking about this album one day. And just, you know, oh, I really like this album. And, and, you know, trying to figure out the meaning behind these songs. Because a lot of them are very specific, but at the same time, very ethereal. And I, you know, she names the album Midnights. She talks about, uh, you know, Midnights Have Become My Afternoons in one of the songs. And I was saying, you know, this album feels like songs that she wrote when she couldn't fall asleep at night, at midnight. Midnight, it's dark out, maybe there's some rain on the wall, on the window, and she's just writing down some things that she's feeling when she can't fall asleep. And that's what I love about this album is, again, I'm sure there's some meanings behind some of these songs, but just the, she has a way with words, and you start to see that, again, with a lot of these albums, she's just, she's a wordsmith, and every single song hit my favorites are probably Antihero, uh, Midnight Rain, Karma, Sweet Nothing is great, man, Vigilante uh, is great, Question, Maroon was awesome too, so is Lavender Haze. Uh, it just, there's there's this ethereal quality to this album. It's the perfect album to listen to while you're driving, it's the perfect album to listen to in the summer, it's the perfect album to listen to in the winter, to listen to at night, anytime. And I think this album is the natural progression from where she was with uh, Folklore and Evermore. Because those albums were a revelation to me too. Um, there, I didn't like as many of the songs on there, but I could just tell that she was trying to reinvent herself. And I think Midnight's is the culmination of that reinvention. And that's another reason why it's so high on here is just... She, she, one of these days, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Lover, but one of these days she's going to make an album that a lot of people aren't going to like. And it hasn't happened yet, and it's, it's really cool to see that she's just she puts out hits after hits. So congrats there to Taylor Swift. Uh, but that brings us to our final album. This is the number one album of my year. Uh, it was my number one album probably from the minute that I listened to it. And that's for a couple of reasons. That's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers by Kendrick Lamar. Uh, I love Kendrick Lamar. In terms of hip-hop, he's probably my fav- one of my favorite hip-hop artists. Every album he's put out I've loved. Um, I think every album he's put out has been either, excuse me, in my top five or number one each year. And that's because Kendrick understands the power of lyrics. He understands a good beat. Uh, and he understands, again, embracing who he is and not being afraid to say it how it is. And this album really goes through with that. Uh, and the reason I love this one the most, and I I, I couldn't even begin to con- converse around which Kendrick album is my favorite, but I love this album because this is essentially an extended therapy session. Uh, he's been through some things, as he says in the first song, uh, and he think he, he even lists out the amount of days that he's been going through things, uh, which is the amount of days from his last album. Uh, and there's just, you know, he's got a song on there about grieving. He's got stuff about his father, about his mom. And when I say that I kept the entire album except one song, that's because I believe it's uh, We Cry Together, uh, if I'm remembering this right. 
uh, yeah, because I have the whole album here. I think it's Require Together. Um, I did not like that song, and I didn't like it because of how real it was. And that's that is my own uh, issues in terms of an entire song where Kendrick and I believe, based on here, Taylor Page uh, are yelling at each other, uh, screaming at each other, and just being so mean to each other, and then immediately bouncing back and being in love again. Uh, again, going through the struggle that he deals with, that a lot of people deal with, uh, but I don't I don't want to listen to, right? <laughs> like, you know, again, I don't want someone else's drama, and it feels like drama every time I hear it, which just goes to show how real it is. Um, but then you've got amazing dance-type songs for N95, uh, Rich Spirit was great, uh, Silent Hill is probably one of my favorites, Count Me Out, crown savior and then you get into anti-diaries miss mora mr morale mother i sober and mirror which is essentially the the in-depth dive into his therapy and i love those songs everything about them is just again pushing the boundaries he he gets pretty wild in anti-diaries um and some of the things that he says but he explains why he's saying them and uh explains his journey in having to accept uh people in his family, which again, most artists would not be talking about or admitting, yet here he is doing so. And again, having a therapy session on mic for every single person to listen to. So this is a really, really powerful album. It works on so many different layers. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a double album at the same time too. It's an hour and 13 minutes long, but it feels so short and he has it broken out into two sections, which I think is Mr. Morale and then the other section is the Big Steppers. But it just, like I said, he he's hit fire. He struck gold every single time he's come out. I loved Damn. I loved um, To Pimp a Butterfly, of course. To Pimp a Butterfly was a very uh, forming album for me. came out at a time a while back where we just, my brother and I devoured that album and we listened to it all the time. And now whenever I listen to it, it brings me back to those days. Same thing with Good Kid, Mad City, and Damn. But um, Mr. Morale is now going to be in that list and it's going to be among those titans. And uh, very excited for that because all, all of these, honestly, are all great albums. 2022 was a really good year to, uh, to wrap this up. Um, I'd love to hear what any of your favorite albums were of the year. Are they similar to mine? Um, I do have quite a crazy list, so maybe only a couple of them made it. But hopefully you all enjoyed this one. Uh, again, I don't talk about music ever on comics and cinema, but I'm listening to music all the time. So to be true to myself, I wanted to start putting these out. So I hope you all enjoyed this special episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and we will see you at the movies.